Hey everybody, Dave Hagen here. Today I want to talk about poor Starbucks. What am I talking about? Well, stick around and I'll tell you. That's today on the Financial Wellness Podcast. Welcome to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to the financial success. Here is your host, financial problem solver and talk show host, Dave Hagan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Financial Wellness Podcast, or TFWP, as we like to all call it. You're listening to episode 513, and the title of this week's episode is Poor Stuff. Starbucks. I'm going solo today. We got the guys still taking a little bit of time off. So we're just going to talk for a little bit. I think we'll have time for an email and that'll be a good week's work. So poor Starbucks. I look at so many financial planning articles on the internet and and read them when they come to me. And almost every single one of them talk about Uh, looking at your Starbucks spend and giving it up as a way to save money. You know, these articles say, hey, count your money that's going to Starbucks. Take a look at what you're spending. And they always go right to the Starbucks spend. I guess Starbucks is kind of like the poster child of, of excess spending. And, you know, then they tell you, hey, do without. Just do without. Don't go to Starbucks. Save yourself maybe a couple hundred bucks a month. And that's too bad. I don't think Starbucks deserves that reputation. In fact, I love Starbucks. Um, I don't know that I could do without. Now, I don't know if I'd spend a couple hundred bucks, but I couldn't do without Starbucks. Going in there every once in a while, that nice coffee smell, ordering up a nice fancy cup of something and walking out in that nice paper cup is really special to me. By the way, I hear that they're going to uh, try and get everybody away from the paper cup, trying to get us to bring their own cups in. We'll see how that um, we'll see how that works out. But the more I looked at all these articles talking about, you know, hey, the easy find is don't go to Starbucks. It started me to start looking at this um, over the internet. And it caused me to think about several issues um, that relate to this. So that's what I want to talk about today. Poor Starbucks. Maybe we don't want to give up on them so soon. So let's set the table. Poorfoodnews.com. They say that roughly 60 million people visit a Starbucks location around the world every week. And that pencils out to about 3 trillion visitors yearly. I don't know about you, but wherever I go, and I'm not a big traveler, but wherever I go, you can find a Starbucks in the um, you know, in the in the in the casino in Vegas, in an airport in Rome, um, almost anywhere around the world. Even when we were in um, Italy, there's Starbucks all over the place. Now, again, according to FoodNews.com, they say that the average Starbucks customer visits their store about six times a month. And when I think about that, for me right now, yeah, that that sounds about right. Although there was a time I was doing a lot more Starbucks. And they also say that about 20% of these Starbucks clients visit the chain um, 16 times per month. So what would that be? That would be about four 
mm, about four times a week. They also say, interestingly enough, and I think this is a really interesting takeaway, uh, specialty coffee drinks make up 75% of the sales that Starbucks sees on any given day. So 75% of those sales are the, the frappahoo-hoos and the what have you, not just the, the cup of coffee or the cup of tea. So I'm doing the math and I'm thinking, look, if, if someone goes into a Starbucks six times a month and they spend five bucks and that's if you're buying a, a frappahoo-hoo, five bucks, I think is actually a little cheap, but that's $30 a month or $360 a year. Well, that, that's not a big part of anyone's spend. I mean, that that's doable. But if you go in 22 times, which is every day on the work week and spend $5, that's $110 a month or $1,320 a year. Now you're starting to talk about some serious coffee grounds. So maybe it's something that you want to look at. Maybe it's something you want to think about, uh, but it's not quite the, the, the panacea for, for saving money or, or tightening your belt. So here are some things that I thought about in terms of your Starbucks spend every month. Number one, doing an analysis is good. It's always good to do an analysis, to think about it, look at it, understand actually how much you're spending. I think there was a time when I was, yeah, going into Starbucks every weekday, probably 20, 22, 23 times a month, um, because I would sit down with a, a group of friends that I, I had there and spend about 20, 30 minutes before I head off to the office. I called it the coffee guys, even though they weren't all guys. And, and you know, in 20, 30 minutes, we could usually solve the world's problems, enjoy a cup of coffee and, and move on. I don't do that anymore. That, that time has come and gone. Actually, that time ended with COVID because they closed it all up and we all got out of the habit. Uh, but I digress. If you're looking at doing an analysis of how much you're spending on the coffee and you're looking to do it with an eye to do without, I think that's bad because I think it's you're coming from a place of scarcity. It's like being on a budget. A budget is coming from a place of scarcity, limited resources to spread around. And I don't like that. As soon as you're on a budget, it's like being on a diet. You're hungry. As soon as you're on a budget, you want to spend Remember here at TFWP, we don't like budgets. We talk about a monthly spending plan because that comes from a place of abundance. That comes from a place of allocating your resources in a thoughtful manner. And I don't know that you necessarily want to do without the Starbucks, but once you know what that spend is, the question becomes, does it fit within the other parts of your monthly spending plan? Is it an appropriate element? If you tend to spend maybe a good deal on Starbucks, are there some other places where you might choose to allocate less? It's something to think about. Again, when I was spending, when I was going there 20, 22 times, it was almost always just a cup of coffee. So I wasn't even spending 200 bucks, but you know, I was, I was charging up uh, that app maybe, I don't know, three times a month. So that's uh, it was a $25 um, um, boost, so about $75 a month. I don't know. I don't know. I could have spent a little less, but at that point in time for that period of years, that was a big part of um, uh, my daily routine. 
so that's point number one. Point number two, it's the daily routine that can get inexpensive. So you think back to the stats that we just talked about or the mathematics. If you go six times a month and you spend five bucks, that's $360 a year. That's not going to break uh, most folks. And that's just an occasional visit. That's what one, one and a quarter times uh, a week. But if you go every day, it starts to build up. 22 visits times five bucks is $110 a month or $1,300 a year. Now, maybe there's a piece of that you may choose to reallocate. So it's not occasionally going to Starbucks. That's the problem. It's going every single day. Or if you're buying all sorts of stuff, you know, if, if you're adding on food, by the way, that food can get kind of expensive. It's tasty. I don't know how healthy it is, but, uh, you know, that stuff can all add up. Point number three, the specialty drinks are really the killer. Remember the statistics said that specialty drinks make up 75% of their sales at the Starbucks. And I, I know a specialty drink has got to cost at least five bucks. I think it's actually more. I occasionally, you know, will get a latte or something like that. I used to be for a while my my Friday treat if I had a good week. Um, but it's certainly more than $5. But it's not only um, the money that's the killer. Um, it's the calories, too, if you think about it. I did some research and found out that a peppermint hot chocolate, which is one of my faves, 360 calories. Mocha cookie crumble frappuccino, 340 calories. Java chip frappuccino, 320 calories. Now, I know a lot of you are listening to this while you're driving, and it's going to want to cause you to, to pull over and get yourself a frap, but try, try and resist. Oh, here's a good one. White chocolate mocha frap, 320 calories. Chocolate cookie crumble frap. Never had one of those. Sounds pretty good. 310 calories, but those are really just empty calories, you're getting a caffeine boost, a calorie boost. Um, but you know, it, it adds up with these specialty drinks, not only the dollars, but also the calories. So, so think about that. Um, point four, if you're just drinking coffee, there's a much cheaper way to drink coffee. And one of the things that we've done in the office has got one of those Krups machines and you buy those little uh, plastic pods, those little plastic pods are like 40, 45 cents. If I was to buy that cup of coffee made at Starbucks, it's 235, I think currently. So what a great way to still enjoy coffee and enjoy Starbucks in particular, because I'm a big fan, but it's a lot cheaper to do that. And the machine is, I don't know, 100, 100 and a quarter and everyone in the office shares it. When these little cups came out, I thought, what a, you know, what a, what a cruddy deal, this fake coffee. But there's real coffee in there. It tastes real good. And if you're concerned about the environment with the plastic cups, you can buy a little plastic reusable cup where you put a little coffee in there and use it and then um, clean it out when you're done. Another cheaper way to do it is, heck, just buy ground coffee. We buy ground Starbucks all the time at the store, bring home a pound, pound at a time. First thing we do when we get up in the morning, and I don't know what the math is on buying a pound of coffee, but I'll bet it's a lot cheaper than even, even the K-cup. So um, point number five, and this is just from my personal experience, specialty drinks at home are a real bummer. 
Uh, if you're really drinking the specialty drinks, you got to have a blender, you got to have the little steamer thing. Um, and my experience is it, it's kind of a pain in the neck. Years ago, we bought a machine and we were going to make, you know, uh, lattes and stuff for friends. And by the time you get out the milk and steam it, and then you press the coffee and it's messy, it's time consuming. It just wasn't that cool. It's just not like walking into the store and say, hey, give me my usual latte. And they all go, oh, blah, 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 and you walk out in a nice paper cup. And again, remember, I said the, the paper cup they're thinking is, um, you know, going to be going bye bye. Um, point number six realize that, you know, your Starbucks isn't booze. You know, years ago, my, my wife was looking at the Starbucks spend and, and for me, and she was saying, well, you're spending, this was back in the day, $75 and da, 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 da. And she said, that's a lot. And I said, look, you know, honey, this is, this is way cheaper than, than drinks. This is cheaper than gambling or any of the other vices. My vice is coffee and 20, 30 minutes in the morning with a couple of friends. Um, so it's it's not necessarily a bad vice, even though you might want to modify it slightly or certainly analyze it, but realize that it's not booze. Point seven, the app. The app at Starbucks is just too damn easy. You know, I think I've told the story before here on the podcast. I had the I had the app and I would, you know, charge $25 at a time. And when I would go in, they would say, okay, here's your cup of coffee. And I'd hold it up and it would go beep. And it would go beep. And if I wanted something to eat, it would go beep. I really wasn't looking at the price. I wasn't seeing what it was adding up to. And then one time um, I left my phone at the office and I went next door and it was a Friday. So I was getting a latte and they and I said, oh, I forgot my phone. And they go, oh, yeah, that'll be like $4.70 or whatever it was. And I went, what? You mean I've actually been paying that much on a Friday for a latte? That's kind of a lot now that I think about it. It caused me to rethink it a little bit. When you're paying with the app, it's so easy. It's so convenient that you don't really become a, a, you know, a great consumer. It's not like it's, it's hitting you directly right then and there. It's almost too easy. Now, yeah, I know if you use the app, you know, you get a free one every so many points. And it's always nice to get something free. Getting something free is what built Vegas. But, you know, I'm, I'm sure they figured it out that if they give you some free for using the app, that the ease of using the app is more advantageous to them as a business. I mean, really? You don't think they've thought that through? Of course they have. So yeah, maybe, maybe the app is, is too easy. And by the way, if you're not going to use the app, use um, cash, um, but they don't really like to, to take cash. I don't know if you've noticed this, but um, cash slows down the transaction. It's not as clean, especially since COVID. Um, and, and I found last month, I, I went to, um, I had a, a $50 bill. And I went to get a cup of coffee because I needed some some change. I was going to um, go get a, a haircut, and they said, "Well, we can't we can't break a fifty. We don't have change." And I said, "Well, it's eleven o'clock in the morning. I can't believe you don't have change for fifty dollars in in the drawer." 
And they said, well, we're not really supposed to. I don't know what the story was. I couldn't get a straight story. But I went to three stores that morning to break that 50 because I needed some some um, cash for a haircut. And all of them told me the same thing. So I don't know what's going on there. Um, maybe it's even some kind of uh, national policy, local policy, whatever. But just also know if you walk in with the, a 50, they're not going to they're not going to dig it. But um, I'd almost rather do that than 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 use the app. So there you have it. There's some some things to think about. You know, if we're going to wrap this up, um, you know, hey, check out your spend. Uh, maybe you do spend too much. If you're spending two, three hundred dollars, maybe that's more than you would choose to spend knowingly. Um, if you're going to check out your spend, do it with an eye not to do without which is a scarcity thought, but within a mind to just see what you're spending and whether you want to redeploy your capital coming from a, an abundance perspective. Look at alternatives, um, you know, uh, K-cups or having some coffee at home. Realize that um, it's the everyday habit that gets expensive, not the occasional visit that's expensive. And, and finally, uh, don't use the app. So, uh, Starbucks people don't hate on me too much for talking about Starbucks, how it relates to financial planning. But I think to all of our people out there that are looking for ways to analyze their monthly spend to understand the big picture and to deploy their capital in a purposeful manner, I think it's a good exercise. Let us know what your experience is. If you take a look at your monthly spend, send us an email. You can contact us at the financial wellness podcast.com. You've been listening to the financial wellness podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications. Let's listen in now as Dave answers some emails. All right, let's check out this email. But before we get to that, I want to mention something about the uh, the website, thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was out at the uh, tennis tournament in uh, Indian Wells, and um, I was able to get my picture taken with Roger Federer. So if you want to see Dave Hagen with Roger Federer, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com and check out that picture. There's also a picture of me and... Uh, uh, Warren Buffett, if you, if you catch my drift. Anyway, check it out. So here's the email that came in. It says, Dave, my dad wanted to give me and my two brothers a gift a few years ago. He gave us each $30,000 over two years. My brothers each got a new car. I purchased some QQQ, some stock, Apple, and some Bitcoin. Needless to say, I happen to do pretty well over the last couple of years. My QQQ returned almost 30% last year. My dad just passed away and now we're trying to divide his state evenly according to the terms of his trust. My brothers are saying that the money I invested and now have should be included in the calculation of the estate for my share. 
Dad wanted it to be equal, but when he made the gifts, I just did without the car and made some good investment, as it turns out. What do you think, Sarah? Sarah, I don't think this is close. I don't think this is a close decision at all. I think your brothers um, uh, are sour grapes that you chose to invest your money, and now they want to recapture a piece of that. When the gift was made, it went offshore, basically, if you understand what I'm saying by that term. It went outside of your dad's estate, and it became yours. So why should they capture your, your financial uh, benefit, your financial acumen in dividing your, your dad's estate? Makes no sense to me. I think you're absolutely in the right. A number of things that I could point out for our listeners, though, as an aside from your email. First of all, um, you each got 30000 over two years. Why did your dad do 30000 over two years? Because the annual gift amount, uh, if you give 30000 equally over two years or divided over two years, uh, he doesn't start to use up um, some of his uh, tax benefit. And he may or may not have needed to do that, but that was a good move. And your brothers bought a car. I mean, the absolutely worst thing that you can do is buy a depreciating asset. Um, why do that? You can buy income, as our good friend Ryan Steigart um, said a couple of years ago when we when we interviewed him. I never buy a depreciating asset and never use all your money to do that. And then it says she purchased some QQQ. For those of you who don't, do, don't know that, that's a fund that models the S&P. Um, she bought some Apple stock, which always can be a good thing, you know, in my opinion, some Bitcoin which we don't really dig. But, you know, last year, uh, the QQQ, uh, you know, returned 30%, almost 30%. Well, uh, you know, the S&P returned almost 30%. That's something really to celebrate. But to now turn around and say, well, you did good on your investments and we want to calculate that in and uh, we, want to, we want to drag back the value of these investments, which may... Sarah may will may well have had them double just because the last couple of years, the market's been so good. Um, and then I'm sure they want to drag in the brothers cars, which are now worth half as much or less than that. That just, that just doesn't seem fair. So um, Sarah, hold your guns, stick to your guns. I think that, uh, that you're in the right and congratulations um, on a good investment strategy. Some QQQ, some Apple, um, I'll overlook the Bitcoin. Um, but I hope that gives you a, a, a good answer. All right, everybody. I think that's all we've got for today. Tune in next week. We're going to talk about uh, coming uh, over uh, the next quarter end because we're talking about a time of year right now where uh, the month of March is ending and we want to do some analysis. So jump back in next week. This is Dave Hagen, and you've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast. You've been listening to the Financial Wellness Podcast, Dave's weekly message to keep you on your path to financial success. If you have a question that you would like Dave to answer on the podcast, go to thefinancialwellnesspodcast.com. You can leave an audio message with one click of a button or type your message into the question box. Either way, it's sent right to Dave's phone. Remember, 
Dave will randomly draw from the submitted questions and pick the winner of a free one-hour personal conversation with Dave to help you achieve your financial goals. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you receive the new episode notifications or share the podcast via the app with your family and friends. This is your announcer, Nick Appel, wishing you every financial success.